Hey guys, it's Matt. So the episode you're about to hear was recorded on Sunday, January 26th, around 12.30, 12.45 in the afternoon, Eastern Time. And at the end of this episode, I give a basketball take that tangentially references Kobe Bryant. Uh, now, for those who don't know, we typically record our episodes three at a time. So once we wrapped up the episode you're about to hear, we took a quick break and then came back and recorded our second show. But between the second and third episodes we did that day, we all learned the news that Kobe Bryant, along with his 13-year-old daughter Gianna and seven others, had perished in a helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles. Uh, and obviously we were floored by this news. It's just a, an awful tragedy. Uh, a sad day for basketball fans, uh, for sports fans worldwide, really, to say nothing of, of what the, the Bryant family and the families of those who lost their lives must be going through. So we just want to include this note before the show to let you know what the context was. Uh, like I said, my take wasn't directly about Kobe Bryant, but I do talk about him a bit in comparison to other NBA players. And just thought it was important to let you know that we, we were not aware of anything that had happened uh, at the time that we recorded this show. I also want to take a moment to reflect on Kobe since we're taking the time to record something anyway. Uh, I mentioned in this episode that basketball is the first sport I really enjoyed watching when I was a, a real little kid. And I feel like I've been watching Kobe Bryant my entire life. Uh, I he came into the league when I was about six or seven years old. And just as a spoiler alert, the take that I give at the end of this show is that I think LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. Uh, and I think he's surpassed Michael Jordan. Um, but I will say this, Michael Jordan is the perfect embodiment of what I think most people want in a basketball player as far as just his his killer instinct, his like unmatched work ethic and desire to win and, and just, you know, over the top levels of competitiveness um, and the guy that you want with the ball in your hands, in his hands when the game is on the line. And I think Kobe Bryant is as close as we're ever going to get to having Michael Jordan again. You know, all the stories you heard about him as far as his basketball were just his unbelievable competitiveness, like cartoonish competitiveness, uh, to the point that he was kind of an asshole. Uh, and, but his, his drive to be better, his drive to compete and just show everyone that he was the greatest and to, to really be Michael. He, he really idolized Michael. And so, uh, I, I will always, uh, cherish that about Kobe. Uh, Kobe's legacy will always be complicated by the sexual assault allegation that he faced early in his career. Um, and it's interesting, in an upcoming episode of Brose, we talk about uh, separating the art from the artist uh, when you find out that, you know, a celebrity or an athlete or a musician that you like uh, has done something terrible. You know, how do you reckon with that as a fan of that person? Um, and that absolutely applies to Kobe Bryant. There's no removing that sexual assault allegation from his legacy. It's it, You can't gloss over that. It's part of the story. And it's Kobe's low point as far as his you know public persona, to say nothing of the pain and the suffering that his alleged victim went through. Uh, and I want to choose my words carefully because for anyone who remembers that story, uh, Kobe was never convicted of any crime. Uh, he There was a civil suit that he settled out of court. He admitted to cheating on his wife, but never confessed to any legal wrongdoing as far as all that is concerned. But that only tells half the story. You know, uh, the alleged victim in the case was the target of a really awful smear campaign by Kobe's lawyers. Um, somehow her name got out into the public and she started receiving death threats. And the reason that the criminal case never went anywhere is because she refused to testify. And I think especially now uh, in the year 2020, uh, we're much more attuned to the reasons why you know, women don't testify in these cases. And we're much more aware of the fact that these sexual assault cases often don't wind up with a conviction. And it's often not because nothing happened. 
uh, my opinion on on that and and I will say it's my opinion alone. It's not the uh, <clears throat> the official opinion of the Brose podcast. It may differ from what Sean Rich and Tim have to say, but uh, in my mind, to to omit the Eagle Colorado sexual assault case from Kobe Bryant's story uh, would be a disservice to sexual assault survivors worldwide, and not just the uh, the victim in this case. When we will, in a couple episodes, have the discussion of uh, how do you separate the art from the artist or the art from the celebrity? Uh, you know, how do you reckon with somebody that you love having done a terrible thing? And how do you reckon with their work going forward? We sort of settled on two very broad pieces of criteria for how you feel about that person, which was did they show remorse for their actions and did they change their behavior for the better that you can sort of tell? Uh, in Kobe's case, as far as remorse, the closest thing he really ever did was after the civil suit, uh, he basically said, I now realize that uh, my, you know, the woman in this case didn't see this encounter the same way that I did. I thought it was consensual. She obviously disagreed, uh, which is uh, <laughs> not exactly uh, remorse. So I'm not really going to give him credit for having that kind of reaction. Uh, but as far as his behavior since then, I, I think, you know, the, the public image of Kobe Bryant uh especially over the, the past couple of years since he's retired, has been that of a family man and one who's been very supportive of his daughters and one who's been very supportive of women's basketball as a game. Uh, you know, it, Lindsay Gibbs, who writes about sports for Think Progress, had a really interesting article about uh, wrestling with her feelings on Kobe Bryant uh, and, and trying to, to justify or reconcile uh, the terrible, terrible things that he that he did or was accused of of doing earlier in his career with this very open and and genuine seeming promotion of women's basketball and his love for the WNBA um, and his feelings about his daughters playing. Uh, there's a famous clip of, or a very well, a prominent clip of Kobe being on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And in the clip, Kobe uh, was telling a story about his daughter Gianna and how people come up to Kobe, came up to him all the time and said, hey, you got to have a boy so that, uh, so that, you know, he can have somebody carry on the family name. And Kobe says his daughter goes, hey, I got this. And, you know, he never felt the pressure to be like, oh, I have a boy so he can be in the NBA. Like he was he loved his daughters and he wanted them to play in the WNBA. And it's a it's a damn shame in that sense to not have Kobe anymore, because I think he would have been an incredible advocate for women's basketball uh, in the later stages of his life going forward. So it, it's a complicated legacy. And I think to, to paint a broad stroke brush as Kobe Bryant is a wonderful person because he was a great basketball player and you know, he seemed like a good father late in his life. Uh, would be as unjustified as saying Kobe Bryant's a terrible person on account of the thing that he did in 2003-2004. Uh, I, I gave a take weeks ago on Brose that said it's okay to not know. It's okay to not have the concrete, binary, black and white definition of a person. Uh, and in Kobe's case, I think that he's the prime example of that. Uh, somebody who had incredible highs as far as his influence uh, on and off the basketball court uh, and his positive influence on a lot of people who he didn't know personally, uh, but who loved him and adored him. Uh, and of course, the low, low lows of the terrible thing that he did in, in 2003, 2004. So uh, that's all. Uh, I was the one editing this week, so I wanted to, to spout my thoughts on this. Please feel free to email us, brosequestions at gmail.com if you want us to talk about this on a later episode, or hit us up on Twitter at uh, brose underscore podcast or on Facebook at brose podcast. Uh, and my Twitter handle is at mcasnell, M K A S Z N E L. Uh, so uh, thanks again for listening and hope you enjoy the rest of this show, episode 24.1. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Uh, Sean, say something. Um, okay. I, I, there you go. I said something. Nailed it. Rich. <laughs> Check.
check, mic check, say something, right? Yes. Yeah, that works. Uh, say say something again, real quick. Say something again, real quick. Okay, perfect. Tim. Sibilance. Uh, uh, say say sibilance again. <laughs> sibilance. <laughs> ding. <laughs> Welcome to Bros A, the Accident Lawyers. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in Bros A. To my right ish, Richard Sweeten. Hello. To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hello. And to my far right, reporting to us live, for some reason, from my couch, it's Mr. Tim Hansen. I did it. I don't know how I got here. I came in through the window. How's it going, man? It's a hard window. It's third story. It is. It's very high up. Listen, I've been called a monkey before because I climb things randomly. So Let's just limit the number of times we call people monkeys on this show. How about that? Uh, How's everybody doing? It's a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's it's gray outside. It's a normal normal northeastern winter day. Uh, we got a, a spread of snacks provided to us by uh, by my wife, uh, who's downstairs uh, chopping and cooking up a storm. Much appreciated. It's delicious. We got some some charcuterie, uh, some cookies, some rice crispy treats. It's it's a, it's a, a veritable smorgasbord up here. Yes. Yeah. It's so nice. Oh, yeah, man. I love it. It's very exciting. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna stuff ourselves with a lot of sugar and then drink a lot of rosé and then we'll be asleep by five o'clock. It's gonna <laughs> great be idea. Awesome. Ideal Sunday. Ideally, <laughs> I uh, was I was trying to decide should I cook dinner for this week before I go or after. Yeah, I haven't even done food shopping for it yet, so I'm not cooking dinner this <laughs> week. Seems to have made your decision for you. <laughs> we're in the same boat here. Yeah. Much. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Brose Podcast, available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, if you've listened to even one episode of this show, we're on a session 24, so there's been <laughs> 69 uh, episodes before <laughs> this one. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but if you've listened to any one of those 69 episodes, you know exactly why we're here. The premise of the show is to answer questions from you, the gentle listener, about life, the universe, and everything while we're sipping on delicious, moderately delicious, and sometimes below <laughs> average as far as delicious is concerned, glasses of rosé. Uh, so if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, it could be about literally anything. Uh, you know, Politics, pop culture, sports, music. Uh, just, you know, what we'd build a house out of if we had to use a food to do it, what food we'd be. <laughs> food is a very popular <laughs> subject. Like, uh, But email it to brosequestions at gmail.com if you want those answered on the air. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Um, before we uh, get to what wines we're drinking, I, I want to address Tim real quick. It's, it's been a long time since Tim has been live and in the flesh with us uh, for this podcast, but I, I want to address something with you, Tim. Um, now, we, we agreed beforehand that we'd be starting at 12 noon listen and you showed up <laughs> at 12 20 and as as you know tim punctuality is is seminal to the production that we do here at the brose podcast i just i just hope you'll be more considerate of people's time <laughs> the next time we do something like this live and not show up late because like, again like, like on the dot when we discuss doing brose during the week we're always you know we, we it, it's I, I just hope you understand that the, the kind of position this puts us in 
Listen, I run on presidential time, so <laughs> things don't start until I get here. It's also I not bring up the fact that we start 45 minutes late every, every time. time. Every time. It's usually like Tim texts me at 7.15 going like, are we starting yet? But like, nah. Yep. Is like, anyone yeah. there yet? I'm just no. like bouncing like a hacky sack off the wall in the office. Yeah. Like, no, no, when, about when you're like, when are we getting started? And I'm like, I'm on my way. <laughs> are we ready? Oh, is no. that cross town? And I'm like, I'm waiting for Sean to get me. <laughs> So, but uh, but uh, listen, it's Sunday afternoon. It's a lazy Sunday. It's all good. I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's the week before the Super Bowl, so there's no real football on today. I think the Pro Bowl's going on later. So, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll be watching the Grammys instead. But uh, but yeah, good. Lazy oh, the Grammys Sunday. are on tonight. Nice. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Sweet. I won't be watching. I think LL, I think LL Cool J is hosting for like the 95th year in a row. I think. Good for him. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds right. Let's talk about our wines though, because we got a couple of bottles of wine here, and Tim. Since you're the, the quest of, of honor, sort of, even though you're on the show every week, uh, how about you talk to us about your wine first? So I have Whispering Angel from the Cote de Provence. We've also uh, had that. <laughs> have we? Yes, God and that's, damn it. that is on the list. <laughs> All right. We're grateful like, we had it last week. We have had 69th nice episodes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're going to repeat. Like, we had, it's bound yeah. to happen. There is a finite amount of rosés and. In like a reasonable yeah. price area. range. Like yeah. Matt had prophecy last time, and that's what Tim had the first time he was on the show. Yeah, so. you gotta. We've Same been way. repeating, repeating. You guys, wait, who had the same exact one? Me and Matt. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We showed up with the same uh, one the same mind? week. Mew mew. Yeah, <laughs> something like Mine's called ones. Mimi. <laughs> Tell us about Whisper. Uh, it's a little on the dry side, but still has uh, some nice fruity notes to it. There are no tasting notes. It just says, uh, "If you drink this, you might hear angels." Mm-hmm. Or you can come visit us, and you might see them. Wow. Something uh, tells me that's not entirely true. Seems like a threat of murder. <laughs> <laughs> the bottle I, is trying to kill you. I like it. Nice. Uh, Rich, what are you drinking this uh, week? I am drinking a uh, new wine that none of us has drank before called Toad Hollow. Mm. Uh, it's a dry... Call that one into question, but okay. <laughs> it's a dry rosé of uh, Pinot Noir, 2018, and... I got it because there's a toad on it that I just identify with so much. Why do you identify with this toad? I don't know. He's just got that that little gull- gut and and just like I feel like I'm him and I'm gonna now recreate this photo. We need you to get a really next sweet year's Christmas mess. photo is just uh, is just Rich being the toad yeah. from the Toad Hollow Bottom. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Sean, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking uh, provided by my dad, Rubine. Mm. Uh, which has no tasting notes. It looks like there's no year from what I can see. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to it later. But it's uh, so far, it's actually really good. It's nice. I would drink this on purpose. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, you know, coming back after those really weak couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, um, so I'm drinking uh, Lefty. Uh, I don't know if we've had this. I, I don't think we have. It's a Final Frontier Rose blend. Uh, on the bottle, it says, you are cordially invited to embark with us to the final frontier. Our highly vibrant rosé blend starts with a fine wine that undergoes a secondary fermentation with peach juice. The result is an elegant flavored wine with notes of aromatic peaches balanced with a dry, smooth finish. Uh, and I can definitely taste the peach. Uh, it's The peach is, is prominent in this, and that's fine with me because I like peach. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's pretty good so far. It, it's, it's solidly above average right now with the potential to get better. There's so, a lot of artwork going on there. Yeah, it's it's like a, yeah, it's like there's a guy with the glasses and his head is exploding, and it looks like a, I don't know, like a, like an 1800s novel almost. Like it's yeah. like a, uh, 
like it's got a, boy what is it? it's got like a hot air balloon with like five balloons on it it's like all these like weird like fantasy aircraft on the yeah, top yeah like of a it. Jules Verne novel yeah 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 that's a good that's yeah Doug a Jules Verne novel that's excellent I, I, may, I may, may need to steal a glass of that because I love peach mm, so I, I'll be I'll be glad to share a glass of this oh. with you because this is what we do we're community here on Rosé <laughs> Rosé Brosé uh, I don't know the name of our show uh, so Tim you're here and you have an envelope of questions. I get to ask questions. You get to ask the questions. Finally. Tell us about the envelope you're holding. Uh, so this envelope has one very nice looking uh, single heart on the front. It says, Happy Valentine's Day. And on the back, uh, we have, Why do skunks love Valentine's Day? Why? 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 Because they're sentimental. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, that's right up my alley in sense of humor. <laughs> Sentimental. Well, Tim, sense uh, of humor. Once again, the, the listeners can send questions to brosequestions at gmail.com if they want them answered on the air. But, Tim, what is our first question? Our first question comes from Tess Riley. Who? Uh, yeah, I have no idea who that is huh? either. Uh, how would you prefer to die in a witch trial? Burned, hanged, crushed by rocks, drowned, or another method? Burned, hanged. We're starting off uh, really by a rock or drowned. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy Happy Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. Oh, that's next week. It's a Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-Valentine's Day special. Uh, Crushed by rocks. (laughs) Crushed by the rocks of my impending doom. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I guess burned seems like the worst way to go to me. Yeah. It's the slowest. Yes. I think so. But also, like, I've heard, and this might be wrong, that at at a certain temperature, like it would hurt initially, but it's so hot it like burns all your pain receptors. Oh, like all the nerve ends. Yeah, so shot. like it would just fry you. So you would hurt for a little bit, but then you would not feel anything and just die. I also like the idea of like, especially if they start from like my feet, having mm. to like look like looking down and seeing my exposed flesh yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, all in all, just like seems like the You'd worst option. You'd also probably suffocate before you burn. Oh, because the smoke. smoke. Mm. He did something. I'm I'm probably going to have to go with being crushed by rocks because all of them involve some sort of suffocation mm-hmm. and that is my absolute worst nightmare like Yeah. That yeah. you you don't know how like you panic so much when you're suffocating when you're being drowned mm-hmm. in any way that it's just like no I I just out and done real quick. I agree with that. Uh so so we had crushed by rocks and what were the other options besides drowning and burning? Uh hanging. hanging. Yeah, well, being crushed by rocks, it's not like they just drop, like Looney Tunes style drop. Yeah, add, they slowly add um, rocks to you until you die. Ooh. Until you suffocate. <laughs> wow. Witches <laughs> had it rough, yeah. man. For real. It's like a, she like drowned, a knife to the heart. Not a witch. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Yeah, what could they just done a knife to the heart? Like, listen, if we stab you and you heal, then you're a witch. So, mm. what bam <laughs> I mean, I'd go with hanging because if it's done right, it snaps your neck. Yeah, the point you're... isn't to suffocate mm. you. It's yeah. supposed to kill yeah. you. I would go with hanged Fair. as well. Fair. Okay. I, I probably would go with that. Crushed by rocks one by one seems, uh, <laughs> seems yeah. rough as well. But if, I'm, but if I'm power ranking them, number one is being hanged. <laughs> Two is crushed by rocks. Third, probably drowning. And then the fourth one, burning for me. Yeah. Yeah. Strong, with a strong performance. But listen, with a strong performance next week, you know, drowning could leapfrog in the rain. You <laughs> never know. You yeah. never know. It's yeah. always up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's a week to week. Uh, it's a week to week league here at the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, any other thoughts on the uh, being killed as a witch? I don't know. That was that's wild that yeah. that yeah. happened. It's yeah. also wild. I was thinking about it earlier today. 
like America is only like what 250 years old or something like that around there ballpark and so like that I mean that happened I guess pre 1776 but yeah, still like, like that happened not that long ago no like where they were just like witches exist it's, and we're gonna kill them. it seems yeah. like something that happened like BC yeah like, <laughs> like it seems like a or, or like medieval times or something exactly but like, but like no no this was like five, <laughs> no, like 500 it, years ago it like, happened in New Jersey yeah like, rough deal wild yeah get yeah. out of here people are, people are absolutely bananas <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i just it, it's one of the, it just floors me so i yeah so, so you know shout out to the witches uh who, who had to deal with that it's a rough deal have you guys been to salem before yeah you've been before right yeah yeah um martha's yeah. brother lives there that's right yeah because georgia lives there um i, I went there a couple of years ago with uh with jenna and a friend of ours uh and it's a cool town uh it's it's the museums are cool uh the food is mediocre uh, but, <laughs> you got to find the right spot uh, in Salem. What do you where where do you go for food in Salem? I don't know what any of them are called. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you can say that about one... any place then. <laughs> you say about any city. There's one pizza shop, and all I remember is that it's very like sci-fi themed inside. It might just be called the Saucer. Okay. But uh, and then the parking lot, or not the parking lot, the like courtyard where all these shops are. There's like a. a I feel like it's a lady sitting on a moon statue, like bewitched or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm also probably completely wrong, but <laughs> their pizza and all of their apps are phenomenal, and we try to go every time. Solid appies. Also, oh. great beer selection, so that helps. <laughs> yes. Appies make everything better. Beers and appies, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, what's our next question? All right. If each of you announced you were giving a TED talk, what would the others assume the topic would be? Ooh. Mm. Okay. That's good. So it's a question for everyone else. Okay. About us. All right, Tim. Do you want to do you want to be the first subject? What do I think everyone else would an- an- think I would put? Yeah. So how should we do this? Should we be like, okay, Sean? What does everybody think that Sean's TED Talk is going to be first? I think we should just say I. I think everyone should give their answer for Tim, and then Tim can consider. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah, I dig it. All right. Because then we don't have to be put on the spot and be like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, I don't know yeah. what I would do. Uh, Tim's TED Talk will be on uh, underground wiring. <laughs> the thing I've done once, yeah. <laughs> Sounds and haven't finished. Yeah. Oh, it would be on uh, making eggs. Making <laughs> <laughs> eggs. No, I, Optimal I, scrambled egg. I already know this because he kind of started his TED talk on here. It's about the different kinds of screwdriver heads. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good pick. <laughs> That's Isn't there a cap thing. on the amount of time you can spend on a TED Talk? <laughs> like, four hours later? It's like... Four hours later. Um, mm. I don't know. Richie's got a good contender. I wow. think I think that would be... Also, that would be the most interesting to me mm-hmm. because there's because you know why they are that way, which mm-hmm. is what's... It's not interesting to be like, there's a Phillips head and a flathead yeah. and other kinds. Yeah. But like... <laughs> but like I'm but now you, opening but up also, the questions. Yeah, but you were also like, because of the torque necessary, we need to have this kind of screwdriver. Yeah, and all... Uh, it might not be screwdriver specific, but just talking about how industry standards kind of become... Because clearly, if I come up with something cool to do and it's like, oh, this is a cool solution for this, I'm going to make this part. Mm-hmm. And somebody in Sweden comes up with a slightly different idea and then somebody over in I don't know Utah or China or literally <coughs> sorry literally anywhere else at some point we're going to get to a point where it's like well we can't have all of these different things doing the same solution so mm. what works the best and why 
Right. So based on that, since Tim just gave a TED talk, <laughs> you're I, welcome. I, I would I would go with TED. I'm going to change yeah. my answer to screwdrivers as well. That's nice. a really good pick. Good pick. Nice. All right, uh, Rich. What would you guys say I would do for a TED talk? Fan culture. Mm, I know I know that's broad, but like just like the, the, the like the the nuances and like sort of like the the social rules of fan culture. We'll get mm-hmm. with that. I would say you give a TED talk on, um concept albums about Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> so niche, just niche so just Proto Man. Just, just talking about Proto Man. Uh, I'm going to go with the necessity for ease of access to gluten-free foods Ooh. or gluten-free substitutes. Ooh, that's also a good, good pick. pick. You know what? I, I was going on the line of, you know what? Something about nerd and fan culture or nerd culture mostly and how... Mm toxic it can be but you know what that's more important the yeah, necessity yeah, yeah. of gluten-free foods because wow. it just it, it makes it so difficult for me to find somewhere to eat sometimes like mm-hmm. my office was threatening to move to a different location and my response was well what's there going to be able to eat around like mm-hmm. that's all i care about because i don't go to lunch every day but when i do go to lunch mm-hmm. i want to have gotta, yeah a yeah. nice place to go eat it's a day-to-day it's a day-to-day uh challenge yeah yeah okay all right Gluten-free and the access to gluten-free foods. Mr. O'Brien. What am I mm. talking to Ted about? <sighs> talking to Ted. Talking to Ted. Yeah. The so Ted. Yeah. <laughs> um, One guy like eight rows back like, hey, buddy. It's <laughs> uh, for you. This is this is now almost the second time had a, Tim has had a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm. There's, a lot, there's a lot of colors in Sean's rainbow. So, <laughs> and I mean that in the gayest possible way. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, very true. <laughs> but no, it's like, there's, right. a, there's a wide breadth of interest that you've got. So this, this yeah. would be, huh, boy. Brendan Fraser movies. Oh my god, <laughs> Brendan Fraser, what a man! <laughs> yeah. Did you see my text from earlier this week? Which one? Probably National Treasure Three oh, is yes. greenlit. Oh, yes, nice. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, that's not Brendan Fraser. No, it's completely non sequitur. (laughs) Trying to find out how we got there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like if Nicolas Cage wasn't in it, Brendan Fraser would be a close second. Yeah. For for, for National Treasure. Yeah. Um, The difference between Brendan Fraser and Nick Cage. There you go. That's your TED Talk. (laughs) Oh, it's huge. It's (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a a a great pick. Um, Tim, what do you think? Uh, What's that book you hate to read? Jane Eyre. Jane, Jane Eyre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why Jane, Jane Eyre? Sucks. Oh my God! I could give. I could. <laughs> I would. Have, I think it's well. That be. was part of when mm-hmm. when uh, Reese asked that question. I was like, I forgot to do. I would have to do research about it again because I because I hated it. It's like mm-hmm. a, you know, I have blocked it from my memory because it's mm-hmm. so boring and bad. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that and Tess of the Durbervilles, <laughs> which was a story that's just like yeah some. The, the end of the story. I'm gonna go from a little rant right now. Here we go. The end of that story. <laughs> I think we have our answer. Is just. Is basically just some the gods people are just chess pieces in the ga- a game played by the gods and sometimes they just don't like you. That was it was Tess had a terrible life, like just awful. It's just front to back bad shit happens to this girl and then it's just like yes shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Good she lesson. You can't do anything about it. Sometimes you're just effed. So I was going to say J.K. Rowling, but I think oh, that, that's, that's J.K. A, fucking Rowling. I, I think the the Jane Eyre one is might might be the winner. I. This is a hard. This is hard. We could just go with the broad topic of 
literature classics that Sean thinks are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. But I don't think Harry Potter's garbage. Well, well actually, the story of Sean O'Brien. Is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about Jane Eyre. What's the tea? <laughs> What's the tea uh, on Jane Eyre? Uh, Probably right. an Earl Grey or something. Wow, okay. All right, so what are, we, what are we coming down on? What do you think, Sean? Um... I would go. I, I'll go with that. The, okay. the old like literature that I think is stupid that doesn't deserve to yeah. be classic. Bad books. Yeah, shitty books. All right, all right. I'm up, guys. What would my TED talk be on? Hmm. This is how to take stairs like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> I could go for a long time on that. The amount of seconds you save. I would. <laughs> wait, hold on. I, to, I It was just going to be mean, so I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, you can't. Okay. okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so your TED talk about how often you can bring up that you started listening to jazz. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys mentioned. I've mentioned that to you. The real, real jazz on Sirius XM. Let me tell you. But it would probably honestly be about, uh, like, it would be about like the the more technical aspect of like sports broadcasting because I think that's something you have. A genuine knowledge about that I think is like a weird, interesting niche. I like I like like the nuances of like the the terminology and like the weird, especially like there's a lot of like coded language that's used and like the the pacing and like the it's it's weird. Like if you watch um like the on the Philadelphia Eagles Facebook page, they put up uh, after at the end of at, every week they put up uh, usually when they win they put up a video of what uh, Merrill Reese and Mike Quick the radio announcers are doing. And it's cool to see the operation because, like, because they're so freaking far away. You're like, how does Merrill Reese know who the hell made that tackle? <laughs> they got a dude with binoculars in there, and like Merrill will just be like, dropped at the fifteen. Like he's buying time with all of that like exclamatory stuff until the guy can like get in the binoculars, <laughs> see the number, hold a piece of paper in front of Merrill Reese, and point to the guy's number. It's like, and it's sacked by by, by Brandon Graham. Like, <laughs> like that kind of stuff is fascinating to me. That's so, a that's a that's a good one. All right. It's uh, the title of your TED talk is I ran a marathon and I don't talk about it. <laughs> I don't talk about it. Exactly. So your your TED talk is teaching people to not talk about how often they run a marathon. It's easy when you look like me because nobody's going up to you and be like, you look like you run marathons. Yeah. <laughs> if you have my build, like it has to be something that you proactively bring up. Um, all right. I, I Those are all interesting. I think the sports broadcasting one hits on a... a a few like more of my interests than the others. However, I, I will say that I could easily give a TED talk on how often to bring up uh, how much I listen to jazz because uh, it, it makes you it makes you seem more worldly because nobody's like proactively listening to jazz unless you're like a real stuck up snot nosed. Nah. Uh, you know, whatever. Maybe when I need to concentrate because there's no there's nothing. If it's like freeform jazz, yes. there's nothing to like. Yeah, there's no hook. You're <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Incidentally, that may also be why Alice, uh, your 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 daughter Alice, likes listening to Mastodon because their drummer is like a big jazz influenced (laughs) drummer, and so he's just like hitting whatever the hell he wants. (laughs) When when I go golfing, I listen to the One Ups, which is a uh, video game jazz cover Mm. band. Yeah. So like they cover video game music in jazz format. Mm -hmm. It's really nice and calming and soothing. There's a lot of jazz, and I keep. This is a, another one I could give is how often I can bring up how I played Persona. Is uh, but, but, uh, but the four, Persona Four and Five have a lot of jazz in them, especially Five, and it's slick, man. It's so it's good. such a good soundtrack. Uh, good TED talks, everyone. Yeah, solid. What is our next question? And also, if you're a listener out there and you have a suggestion for what you think our TED talk should be or what your TED talk would be, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Brose underscore Podcast or on Facebook at Brose Podcast. Would love to hear from you. All right, so our next question comes from the one and only Donna Casnell, Mama Cass. All right. 
Uh, Saw Donna Kaz uh, last week. Oh, this is a much deeper question. Mm-mm. Have you kept up with the impeachment trial? If so, how? Reading synopses, watching broadcasts, etc. What are your thoughts on the proceedings and the behavior of the senators in attendance? So here's what I know about it. I, I have not watched any of the broadcasts because the broadcasts are going on while I'm at work. Uh, I usually listen to like there's there's like a couple of podcasts I listen to that do recaps uh, at the end of the day that I've listened to. Uh, and my understanding is that it's pretty much gone the way you would expect is that the Democrats have presented uh, evidence for three days and the Republicans have responded by like Rand Paul doing a crossword puzzle in the middle of the, the hearing <laughs> and stuff like that. Like real respectful, normal stuff that you would expect when you're trying to maybe remove the leader of the free world from office. Uh, that is sort of the extent of my upkeep on it. And also uh, how uh, thumb-headed henchman Lev Parnas is the, 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 the central figure because of how much uh, Trump told him to do and how much he is now confessing to try and get off the hook for things. Mm-hmm. That's what I know. Yeah, that's more than what I know. My primary news source took about a month off hiatus for Christmas, so I really haven't gotten a lot of news. Welcome back, Philip DeFranco. Welcome back. <laughs> Christmas break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't... I'm not keeping up with it. I'm getting, like, kind of broad updates every couple of days, mm-hmm. but um, I think part of it is I'm... I don't think it's worth it for me to keep up with it that much because it's just everything is happening as the prophets foretold, where it's just like he they presented evidence that's like fairly damning and it might not rise to like remove from office level, but it's it's not good. And it's, right. and the American public deserves to know. But I think and but Republicans are just playing it down like it doesn't matter at mm-hmm. all and stonewalling at every possible turn. Yeah, like, you know, we're not going like, to let witnesses and we're not going to. You know, we're not going to commit to allowing witnesses. We're not going to commit to allowing such and such evidence. Yeah. It's just, it's just the reason why uh, approval for Congress is at like twenty something percent is this. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of nonsense mm-hmm. of people up their own asses about bullshit. When it's, it's like, like four like, days of like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell arguing about the rules of the trial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's like people on the ground don't give a shit. Really, mm-hmm. it's not going to change anybody's mind. So it's not that it's not important. It's very, it's very important mm-hmm. uh but it's not going to change anything and yeah. it's just it's it is just frustrating i've had to take since trump has been elected i've had to stop listening to conservative radio i've had to kind of take a break from political news a little bit because it's just so frustrating mm-hmm. watching people just argue about bullshit yeah and over it so yeah and call, like, the, the, the funniest part of this i think to me is uh that the the republicans have responded like the like the the, the one of the big things the democrats want to call uh john bolton used to be a uh, secretary of defense mm-hmm. uh, to be a witness because he was privy to all these conversations about Ukraine and all this good stuff. And the Republicans responded like, well, we want to call Hunter Biden as a witness. And it's like, well, he's not a witness. He yeah. doesn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> you were investigating him. Like he's not going to be able to, the point of the trial is to figure out it did president Trump do something that is, uh, you know, rises to the level of being, of removing him from office. Hunter Biden doesn't know anything about that. He's no. just, and he's just, you know, a, son of a kind of long-term crummy politician who's gotten a lot of kickbacks from being the son of a long-time crummy politician. So, yeah, it's just a tit-for-tat. like, well, we want this. It doesn't make any sense, but you want to have a tit-for-tat. So yeah. here we go. Um, that's that's my extent of how we've kept up with this. Yeah. Any, yeah. any other any other thoughts on the state of the, the state of the nation? State of the Union. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how they're, they're letting... They're, now, Nancy Pelosi invited him for the State of the Union. It's like, you're trying to remove him from office. Like, yeah. I know that like, that's like the thing, and you know, it shows decorum and all that, but you can't, if you're the Speaker of the House, I don't know how you can say, 
this this man needs to be removed from office for our country to continue functioning normally, but also he's invited to come and tell us what he thinks of the state of the country. Yeah, and also he doesn't have to. He can just give the State of the Union from yeah. his office. Yeah. Like, have a fireside chat. Be like, I'm not going to the... Like, you guys are trying yeah. to impeach me. Why would he go? <laughs> I don't know. It's just so stupid. Yeah. It's just a bunch of high school nonsense, and I'm over it Yeah, for right now. Yeah. I think my favorite part is just watching the complete flip-flop uh, on literally the same kind of arguments, the flip-flop of various senators versus the previous impeachment from clinton and oh, yeah. my, my favorite is the side-by-side videos of lindsey graham oh saying God. like you, you don't have to commit a crime for you to be impeached it is just a cleansing of the office which and is now, true which is <laughs> true doesn't have to be it's a absolutely true and yeah. that but now it's very much he didn't commit a crime you can't <laughs> he did not get mm-hmm. like he didn't do anything yeah. he tried that's my favorite part is when people are like yeah, he might have tried it, but he didn't actually do anything. He it's tried like, to do something. Yeah, that's but, the he's, but, his in, but his incompetence did, disallowed him <laughs> from committing a crime. He wasn't good enough at it. Yeah, so that I, was also a spot on Lindsey Graham. By yeah, the way. yeah. A Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I do Southern real well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's massively unfortunate that it's it's just a foregone conclusion of this mm-hmm. is what ex- everyone expected to happen, mm-hmm. and just. More or less bitching about it. So kind of like Sean, I've been trying to not be deep into what's going on. But honestly, my I'll just hop on CNN uh, and see, like, what is your every five-minute update of something that happened? Sure. Yeah. And then yeah. I go to Fox, like, once a week and it'd be like, were you watching the same shit that everyone else is watching? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It's gonna be like a weird week or two. Yeah, I'm supposed to go like another week. I think I don't know honestly. Yeah. Well, I also think this, in the scheme of things, is not the most important thing. Like mm-hmm. I think it's important that he's held accountable if he was if there was a quid yeah quid pro quo. Yep. But like, he's also there are still kids in cages. Like yeah. he's like it's not the number one issue. No, like, there's like more pressing stuff that's going on. If Pelosi could have removed him from office two years ago for something else, then she would have. But this is like the first thing that comes in. It's like, oh, this this rises to the level of like what they're calling like high crimes and misdemeanors. Like, yeah, you're 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 a hazard to the sanctity of this country now because of this. And you know, well, he's I mean, he's not. They're not going to get removed. Him. No, they're not, not going to do it. But all right, buckle in, guys. It's going to mm-hmm. be a fun fun election year this year. Woo! <laughs> Uh, what is our next question, Tim? All right, let's not ask another one from your mom right away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's not your mom, it's your brother. Great. So, submitted by Alex Casnell, pineapple on pizza, acceptable? And note, has this issue been resolved yet? Has this issue been resolved? <laughs> Yeah. Did we have this question before? I feel like we, we did. I don't know. Definitely... I feel like he's asking no. if we've like murdered the person who invented pineapple I, on pizza. I think that we had a question... A similar question about pizza toppings. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll answer it again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, pineapple pizza is fine. I don't like it because I don't like warm fruit. Yeah, it is disgusting. But you do you, man. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm no longer uh, here to confront people about what they put on their pizza. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Uh, but just uh, no. Like, for me, it's like meats or fresh veggies can go on pizza for the most part, and that's about the extent of it for me. Mm-hmm. Same boat. Mm-hmm. Don't yuck my yum. If you find it's delicious, that's fine. You yeah. do you. But I mean, I am gonna yuck your yum. I'm gonna tell you that's fucking gross. Yeah. And 
I how dare you? But it's the sweetness <laughs> and the sa- and the saltiness. And, but yeah. pineapple's not really all that sweet. It's closer it's, to tart. If it's right. If it's really ripe, it's pretty sweet, though. I also just hate pineapple, so I'm a terrible person for this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It hits you in a couple of spots. What about you, Rich? I will convert you all to pineapple on pizza, this I swear. Ridiculous. Hates ranch. Going to ranch on pizza, but ranch like, pineapple is like, delicious. Count me in, baby. Look, ranch as the primary sauce on pizza, perfectly acceptable, and I love it. I got a chicken bacon ranch pizza yesterday. Mm. But ranch on top of pizza sauce? No. Complete. But pineapple, cool. Yeah, completely unrelated because Matt said count me in. Apparently, uh, All Time Low, the band that did the song uh, Dear Maria, Count Me In, now has a beer called Beer Maria, Count Me In. (laughs) And I am so excited to try it. I just saw them pop up on Apple Music a couple days ago. Are they putting out a new album? I have no idea. I just want that um, beer. I saw it on Twitter. I think the singer from All Time Low and Mark Hoppus from Sling 182 put out an album under the name Simple Creatures, I believe. Okay. I dig it. I okay. haven't listened to it, but okay. it's probably up my alley. It's just if it's just yeah. that kind of music. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This reminds me of high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. It sounds great. M Shadows, Tom Morello, and um... John Draymond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the From co- System. Yeah, the cover of um... Radiohead. Radiohead. Uh, Street Spirit. Street it was Spirit. pretty good. I loved it. It was pretty good. I I not heard that Radiohead song before, but I, it was pretty solid. Um, it sounds like it's spacey, but it sounds like good heavy drums in it and everything. I like it a lot. It's it definitely uh, pulls on your heartstrings sweet, a little sweet. bit. All right, Tim. What is our next question? So our next question, first uh, first time submitter uh, Molly Craig Ooh. asked, "What is the best part of the Mandalorian?" I haven't watched any of it yet. I've seen but Baby Yoda two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen two episodes. I just like the like the like weird combination like electronica western music mm. like i like it like it's a space it's a space western is it jazzy uh it's not jazzy <laughs> it's definitely not jazzy no uh but it is cool <laughs> yeah it's t- like if a robot made you know western music yeah i, I think it's personally i i've watched the whole series or yeah it's only one season it's a whole series <laughs> yeah. yes yeah, i yeah. got it nailed it um i think the pacing's pretty good character development is pretty pretty solid i mean I think it was a good idea because a lot of people don't know shit about Mandalorians outside of Boba Fett died in the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so expanding on, yeah, or sp- uh, expanding on the uh, universe, mm-hmm. I think was a great idea. Baby Yoda's hilarious. I love he Baby is Yoda. so cute, and the just the complete all all of the memes on the internet are fantastic. But oh. so far, the the storyline is very solid. Mm-hmm. And it's very much, it seems about the de- emotional development of a character who, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't have emotional development. Mm. Okay. Mm. I haven't seen it, but mm. it seems like a fun show. Jacob was watching it, and he liked it. Yeah. So I think, I don't, and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but it seems like it's in the vein of the kinds of sci-fi shows that I like. Like a Firefly or a Cowboy Bebop, like kind of a space western type feel. Yes, yeah. I'm into that, so Very much I so. could probably get behind it, and I'll probably watch it eventually. Uh, once I get done every other show that yeah. exists, <laughs> so far so behind. Many. Yeah. Also, yeah. the practical effects in that show are fantastic. Oh, is the is Baby Yoda like a puppet? Yeah, he's oh, a puppet. So they nice. they were originally going to do CGI, but they went with the puppet, and I think if they did CGI, it would have been too. Cheesy looking. So I agree. The practical effects are. I phenomenal. love practical. I'm the, yeah. I'm the nerd for practical effects. I like the bounty hunting robot in the first episode. 
He just tries to the moment he gets into trouble, tries to blow himself up like three times. <laughs> I'm not gonna make I will self do not self destruct. <laughs> uh, cool, Mandalorian. It's a good trope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's our next question, Tim? All right, our next question from Tess Riley. Oh man, who? Yes, <laughs> just use the gorilla mail thing if you're going to use a pseudonym, people. Yeah, if you're just going to make shit up, come yeah. on. Uh, question is, what's the grossest thing you've ever willingly eaten? Hmm. Willingly eaten. Gross to me or gross to other people? I feel like she's going for like you ate like snot or something. Like like something on a... Yeah, or like, like a, Someone a else's bug. biological material. Yeah, yeah. Like something you do at like scout camp or like, you know, something else. Hmm. I don't know. The grossest thing I've ever willingly eaten? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Although delicious... Clans and oysters, like from the shell, they're so gross because it's all slimy and gross. But they're delicious. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I love oysters. It just looks like snot in your hand. Exactly. I used, eat, I used to eat minced meat pie all the time, and I don't particularly like the idea of eating a pie that's just full of like cold meat. <laughs> uh, so that might be up there, and that's not uh, to disparage the the wonderful cooking work of my grandmother Tony because she made that pie, but also made like the best pecan pie I've ever had. Uh, but it's just something about mincemeat and that kind of thing. Like I, I, I'll go with that because it's the first thing that's hopping to mind. This is hard. I don't know because I can't think of anything. Like I, I was that kid when I was little that was like, "I'll eat a bug," but yeah. it's like bugs aren't that gross. Like, it's protein. Yeah, it's just yeah. fine. I mean, it doesn't taste good. Yeah, countries eat bugs all the time, good. like crickets and like yeah. It, it's a normal delicacy, not delicacy. Chocolate like covered crickets are amazing. Yeah, just yeah. Saying. Yeah, so it's not, not not completely out of the the realm of the ordinary. Mealworms are also but pretty good. This is meals right in the name. I know, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> the um the worst thing I've ever eaten, or the worst consequences I've faced from eating something willingly, or in this case, drinking something willingly, was the multiple times that I tried to do the gallon challenge. Oh, and it, so it is true that you can't drink a gallon of milk. It has to be skim milk <sighs> or with lactate. Yeah. Uh yeah, and it is the first time yeah. I did it, I got I'm gonna say like five sixths of the way through the gallon of milk and then threw up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was bad, but it was fine. But the second time I did it, like an idiot, uh mm-hmm. I drank about the same amount but couldn't throw up. Mm-hmm. So I was just full of milk and felt like I needed to throw up mm-hmm. for like 12 hours or something mm-hmm. it was awful it was the worst i don't also i don't like milk <laughs> what the fuck are couple you of, doing a couple of points against it yeah well that's that's just the that's the the um the extension like it's like bugs gallon challenge and now i just don't do that anymore so it's like bugs gallon challenge and now i'm just like i'm only gonna eat stuff that i like because who am i trying to impress yeah. <laughs> not expanding my horizons yeah. any more than they've already been expanded yeah. And anytime I go to Rodizio Grill, which is basically Fogo but cheaper, um, they have chicken hearts, and I will always have a chicken heart. And everyone looks at me like, "That's so gross." I'm like, "No, it's cooked have you organ. tried it? Yeah. It's, it's just cooked chicken heart." Yeah, like, chicken it's like if people delicious. eat liver and onions. I mean, this is just, yeah. it's just it's, an organ yeah, at that point. It's still, yeah, it's mu- and it's muscle. It's the heart. It's just yeah. a muscle. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just muscle. Yeah. I eat everything mm-hmm. except cooked fish, which is. And eggs. And eggs. That's that's and like coffee. It. And coffee. That's not eating. That's drinking. 
Uh, it depends on how black you make it. I, I guess. <laughs> it comes out um, like a popsicle. Or if you don't do the French press right. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Like I like Sean, I was that little kid who ate bugs. I, I didn't <laughs> care. If somebody told me to eat it, I'd eat it. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't think it was ever you. <laughs> Maybe that one time at day camp. Yeah, um, it's always a day camp. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like to try most things. And it's usually something that somebody somewhere like finds delicious. Like I like tripe is good, chicken livers are good. Uh, it, everything sounds weird until you try it. Mm. Frog yeah. legs do actually taste like chicken. Just A frog legs are so good. They're so they're so good. So I mean, you want me to try some? I'm gonna mm-hmm. eat it unless it's cooked fish mm-hmm. or eggs and spinach. Honestly, that's about it. You guys ever had gator before? Mm-mm. I've had gator before. Yeah, mm, tasty. Love gator. Shark I, um, is pretty good. Uh, I've yeah. had shark fin soup, which is like not great. Not I, great. I heard it's like <laughs> and not great for the. If I, it was at a wedding, and it was like it's like the worst thing. Is like I don't like shark. I found or like I didn't like shark fin, and then it was like oh geez, it, like all the the ethics behind it. Where it was like slaughtering <laughs> a shark for its fin, a or like sending times, it back into the water for after yeah. you've taken its fin. A lot of times now they'll they'll make the shark fin out of gelatin instead of actual. Oh, uh, okay. Like it's imitation right, because right. it's not great to do. Yeah, to make to just leave a shark to drown. It seems like a waste because it's like such a small amount of the soup is yeah. the shark the shark fin yeah. in quotes. Have you ever seen the video of Gordon Ramsay going to try shark fin soup? No. So he like went to a high end Japanese restaurant where like this is what we're known for. He tries it and he's like, "That there's nothing here. This yeah. tastes like nothing." Why the fuck am I paying money to taste nothing? Yeah. This is bullshit. There's like very little in there, yeah. This yeah. is not, not, not filling. Not a filling soup. I, no. Actually, the grossest thing that I've ever eaten was uh, I had anchovy pizza from uh, some place near me. And uh, here's the thing. Don't do that. Um, just because like it was just gross. It was just like f- my pizza was just fishy and yeah. gave made me nauseous. Ugh. So it's just like. Don't do that. Like, no I want to, because I've heard anchovies are good, mm-hmm. and I assume, like, quality anchovies are good, but I'm, and I'm also assuming that these, from a random pizza place two blocks from me, yeah. were not quality anchovies. Probably yeah. not. And are, I, are you not naming the place because you think they might sponsor us? No, I honestly don't remember where it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> My, anyone who's told me that anchovies are great, they, they say, like, don't get them in water because they taste like nothing. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot like uh, tuna fish. Yeah. Sometimes it's tuna in water. Sometimes it's tuna in oil. Yeah. Still something I don't eat, but <laughs> it, it where are you getting it? And anchovies, I think, is also just a te- general term for like here's seven species of tiny fucking fish. You're probably right. So which one did we get? Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll try. I'll make my own anchovy pizza. Like mm-hmm. I'll buy anchovies myself, like quality ones. And Let I'll... me know because I've always wanted to try them. Yeah, got an anchovy party going here. Nice. I like it. Let's do it. I've also wanted sardines for the longest time. My grandpa used to eat sardines from like a. A can oh, like that yeah. you roll up, yeah. And, twist and off, I always yeah. wanted one, but I, like they're probably disgusting. It looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many questions do we have left? Then? We've got two questions. Let's get it on. Um, so another question from the lovely mom, Mama Kaz. Hell yeah. Have you or would you ever wear a wife beater style T-shirt? Just that. Hmm. I mean, I've never. I mean, tank top. Hmm. I've worn by itself. Wife beater or an A shirt, which is technically what that shirt is called, uh, because I don't like the term for obvious <laughs> <Yeah>. reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. great. Yeah, but it has that connotation from like, ah, oh, you're that guy who wears this because 
Yeah, yes. you should have a shirt on, <laughs> but you don't actually want to have a shirt on. Yeah. And you're also garbage and beat your wife. Um, I've worn them at, under dress shirts because I tend to get hot pretty easily. So multiple layers of shirts is usually a bad call. Mm. Uh, but what I found is that it doesn't actually help that much with me not getting as hot. Mm. But also when I am sweating... That's going right onto through. my dress shirt now yeah. uh, rather than onto whatever I'm wearing underneath it. So I have in the past. Will I do it again? Probably not. That's a large part of why like, I, I my, most of my undershirts when I'm wearing a dress shirt are like t-shirt style because of it's, it's the same exact problem. It's like if you, the moment you start sweating, like it's it's game over for your dress shirt if you don't yeah. have that. Yeah. yeah, it's like um, I don't care if I got a little yellow something or whatever going yeah, on my yeah. t-shirt underneath, but. The closest I've come to that is a basketball jersey, uh, and uh, even then, I'm still wearing a t-shirt under it because it's just, it, it's, it, the, 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 no, it just doesn't look good on me. It just does not look good on me, to, to put, make a long story short. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I don't. I've never. I used to, when I was younger, I'd wear, like, shirts like that with that cut, but I just, I don't know. It, I think the connotation from when I was young has always just been like, I don't need to do that. No. And also, I don't like wearing, like, I don't wear regular undershirts as shirts yeah. either. Yeah. So it's just like, I, you know, I put on a t-shirt. It's just as easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a cool design. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. take Bell. Yeah, like, take take, take like the shirt Rich is wearing take right Bell. now. Like the, shirt. the Goose from Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> uh, would you wear a wife beater? Uh, or a frame, was it A-frame shirt? I don't want to use that word anymore. Or that um, Fuck. I think it's just a house. I think it's just a shirt. Okay, a frame is a house, so it's probably not a, <laughs> that. Uh, but the, like the tank top style shirt, would you wear it? Um, well, I have cut off the sleeves off my McStud shirt, but that was fair. I I mean, I've worn sleeveless shirts, but not really like the the a shirt or whatever. I mm. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't like the style. I don't like them at all in general. It's just I'll wear cut off shirts. I'll cut off the sleeves of any shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not gonna like go out and buy like those kinds of shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. So right. general consensus is nah, we ain't doing that. It's like no. if you're not from Miami, I don't think that's I also, really a good. I look. think that was like an older like older men or like in the past men would wear that as their undershirt because I remember yeah. my grandpa wearing it under dress shirts. Yeah, okay. my, but like my, my dad used just a t-shirt style. Yeah, yeah, my grandfather used to wear them under his shirts all the time. Too. I mean, I still work with people that still do, and they're in our age range. Honestly, it's just what do you find more comfortable? Do you feel yeah. too restricted in too yeah. many layers? Do you want to breathe more? Yeah. Well, they also might be like for aesthetics because mm-hmm. if you're wearing like. A, a, a sleeved undershirt you can see it through like if you have like a white shirt yeah, on, you, you can, can see definitely it. see that and so with the it might look nicer with that kind of mm. shirt like a sleeveless undershirt but who gives a shit yeah yeah if, you, if if it's showing up that significantly then you're probably wearing a too small of a shirt mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> probably still happens but what else what is our last question tim last question uh another one from molly craig Thanks, uh, Thanks for sending questions, Molly. Thanks, Molly. Which movie is the least deserving of winning Best Picture at the Oscars of all time? Of all time. So... The best movie of all time. Least deserving winning picture. Oh. So, so, so what is one? What's the least deserving? All right. So we got to pull up. So just that for requires reference. Fuch, far too much prior knowledge. I think there are a couple that, like... I like there was a crash was one that came to mind because that came it's always like a movie that came out the same year as like another classic that didn't win that green book 
Green Book was a big one. Green Book won last year. Yeah. Green Book won last year. The Shape of Water won twenty eighteen. That was that was fine. That was pretty good. Isn't the Shape of Water like more or less a unofficial remake of another movie? Maybe. I don't think so. I've definitely it, it, but it's somebody more or less like posted something on Reddit at some point where Mm -hmm. it's like, here's this scene from whatever Shape of Water. Uh Here's this scene from unnamed sci-fi movie from 1985 Mm -hmm. and it's like the scene is almost exactly the same little in the story oh uh, I, I i don't know i, I, we watched I also it, may have made that up i don't fucking know i watched it on an airplane and it was pretty good it was it was, it was good it was a Guillermo del toro movie and it's you know involves a creepy water creature talking with a mute woman and uh it's 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 good it's pretty solid um so looking back at the last couple of years you got the departed slumdog millionaire no Country for Old Men, The Hurt Locker, King's Speech. I did not like Old Country for Old Men. Or I didn't no, either. Really? I, I, it's I like, thought, I thought all it was right, boring. Nothing I kept happened. waiting for something interesting to happen or some larger overarching story of like, oh, this is the mm-hmm. point of this movie. And it's like, it just never happened. Spotlight One, Birdman, Moonlight, uh, Shape of Water two years ago, Green Has Book. Has anybody watched Birdman? I heard it's really good. I, I, I had not seen it. it. I didn't. No. I I've heard it's either garbage or it's really good. Mm-hmm. And the really good is usually from someone's like I'm an art critic. Mm. Oh, okay. And the it's garbage is mostly normal people. I don't. Crap. Yeah. I don't remember what my buddy Arin said, who regularly goes to film festivals and stuff like that. Argo well, one. I know there was a lot of like one shot, like. Single. It was supposed to be all like it appeared to be all taken in one, one shot, take, like, even which is, a one yeah. take which film. Which is cool. I yeah. mean, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't see it, so I can't speak to it. Uh, if yeah. it deserved to win, but that's like a cool concept and executed yeah. well is like very artsy. Yeah. Um, boy, uh, I, Shakespeare in Love. I love the concept and the idea behind that, but I was kind of reading because there's, uh, was it like 1912 or 1917 that war movie that just came out? Uh, yeah, 1917. It, it's going under the same thing and. One of the articles on it is regarding technically, yes, it is a one take, mm-hmm. but it's not. We do the entire film mm-hmm. in yeah. one take. We did this scene, we hid the cut here, and then we did this scene, and we hid the cut here. So it's interesting how technically it's one. I still yeah. wouldn't consider that a one take no. film because you're breaking it up into yeah. different parts. But like, uh, there, I know there are one take films, like full, like. 45 yeah, minutes there's like, like a russian movie that's like that i think there's a russian movie that's like that and then there's it's like quarantine or something like that where it's like a weird mutation of rabies and a bunch of people get locked in one building and all this other mm. weird i didn't shit. know that was single take mm. yeah like it, it was entirely filmed in one take the entire film if i'm remembering correctly is it called quarantine uh if if you're, I, I think so. Yeah, has, I haven't seen it. It but has the I redhead think, from Dexter, who um, plays his sister. I just remember like the trailers has the girl like being pulled away, and it's all in like black yeah. or not black and white, but like night, night vision, vision and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it goes back and forth because the idea is that one of the people is holding a camera the yeah. whole time, kind of Blair Witch style. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll go back. Uh, having doing research, I remember there was one that was like a very prominent pick for like why the hell would this have won. And I think the one that I was thinking of was Dances with Wolves because they came out the same year as Goodfellas and uh, Dances with Wolves won Best Picture. So I'll say Dances with Wolves because Goodfellas should have won. <laughs> um, I'm going to say The Departed just because I don't like Martin Scorsese. And I don't think I've ever actually seen it, 
but I just don't really like his movies in general. Well, okay. All right. Uh, anybody else? Thoughts? I don't know, because it's hard, because it seems like the the winners, the reason they're bad usually is just because of who they were against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Like Chicago be beat Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, which yeah. I think is a better movie, probably. Yeah. And then Lord of the Rings like, cleaned up next year. They, they gave it a bunch yeah, of like, they, makeup it won, awards. Yeah, it won next year. The, I think t- 2005 was also awesome because Crash came out, and that was the same year as uh, Brokeback Mountain, Capote, and Good Night and Good Luck, which were excellent. Uh, and Crash was just like, yeah, well, it has what, like, you know, race is weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah but I think, that. honestly, it might be, right? As, I mean, I know it just happened last year, but the fact that Green Book beat Black Panther uh, yeah. and Black Klansman mm-hmm. and Vice, all of which uh, were phenomenal movies. They're so good. Vice, yeah. was, Vice was pretty good. Black Panther was awesome. I uh, think that would probably be my pick. Like, it's just because I think, and it, I don't know about i didn't see the green book but it's like there is i i it seems just like a 2010 driving miss daisy like 2010's driving miss daisy and like i don't understand why it doesn't seem i don't know all of the reviews i read were it was just vigo mortensen teaching a black guy how to be black and that's like when it's when you when it's up against Black yeah. Panther, yeah. Like, Hello, yeah. is this your king? Well, even if is this thing on? Yeah, yeah, even if like even if that movie was like technically better, like the importance of a movie like Black Panther that is like so well written and yeah. well directed, and you know, it's also much more entertaining. Like it's just it's just a good film. It's a good action film. Like re- remove remove the 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 implication socially of like it being like. Uh, enti- almost entirely black cast and like the the first like prominent superhero like that like it's just a great movie it is so good it is so like, good it's so good it's so nice who do you guys think is going to win this year what so is, this year we have up? Ford versus Ferrari The Irishman Jojo Rabbit Joker Little Women Marriage Story 1917 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite I have seen none of these Marriage Story is good it's very it's very heavy mm-hmm. but it's just like it's like an uh, somebody did an exercise in writing dialogue, mm. and then just filmed it. Like it's okay. just a bunch of very long conversations. Yeah, uh, but it's good. Uh, I would. I heard Parasite was very good. Okay, the only one I've seen is I th- I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I saw Joker. I wanted to see Jojo Rabbit, but never got around to it. Uh, Marriage Story is like one of those ones where like my wife and I are like, yeah, it's gonna be sad. It is <laughs> like, very sad. Mary it. was like, I want to watch it, and I'm like. I don't, <laughs> but I, but I was out. like, I'll be around while you watch it. Yeah. But I like watched the whole thing, so it was good enough to stop me from like playing Switch or whatever to yeah. watch the movie. Yeah, but it was a lot. I, I hope nineteen. Uh, I, I, mean, like, I, hope, I think generic war movie. Little Women. I heard was so good. Was That's it okay. also what I've heard? So okay. I think I, I would like to see Little Women win mm-hmm. because it's like an. I think it was directed by. Yeah, directed by Amy Pascal. Yeah. So it's like a movie directed by a woman starring all women. Yeah. And it's like it's important. And if it's like legitimately as good as I've been hearing, mm-hmm. I'd like to see that win. Joker I don't think needs a win. No. I, I don't want Joker to win simply on the grounds of, of the two movies that I saw. Like I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a better movie. So I'm like, it's, it's the only other movie I saw and it's not as good as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, it shouldn't <laughs> win Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. chance the other seven movies are probably better than it too. 
Yeah. I'm also not looking forward to the discourse when Joker doesn't win. No. Or when it does. Uh, The discourse (laughs) is going to be bad either way. Yeah. (laughs) Finally a victory for angry white men. But I love love those memes that float around and it's got like, it it has Joker, it has um, Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty and a couple other characters. And it's like, if you idolize this character, then you miss the fucking point. The point is like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, these guys suck. Stop. Um, it's hard. We're not super movie buffs, but no, I no, we, really. did, we answered that question. Yeah, before. we're out of questions. We're done, man. We're done. All right. Unless you guys have objections, I have a take. Okay. I also have a take, but I will hold it. Oh, wow. Okay. I will still be as livid about this <laughs> in about an hour and a half. Oh, man. All right. Here we go. So here, here's my take. And this is percolating as I was listening. I was, uh, we, were, um, we were driving home last night, and we had the uh, the Sixers game on in the on the radio. And uh, the Sixers uh, were playing the Lakers last night. Uh, Lakers, of course, have LeBron James. Uh, and uh, I, I've just, I, I had a, I had a realization as I was driving home. I'm just, I'm tired of this debate. LeBron James is the best basketball player that's ever played. Yeah. That's it. It's over. Like I, I, the debate has always been, you know, LeBron versus Michael Jordan. And I'm, I'm, I, I for a while I hemmed and hawed, and I was like, oh, Jordan's still the best. I remember watching when I was a kid, even when he was like 35, he was a great scorer and all. That. Like I'm done with it. LeBron James is the best basketball player that has been that has set foot on the planet. You can point to oh, Jordan won more titles. Like yeah, the, the talent pool wasn't as wide at that point. You're not taking as many European players, and it's just yeah, fine. He won a lot more titles, but let's look at how they are as basketball players. LeBron James is is a large human be six foot nine 260 pounds and he can do everything <laughs> he's good at everything he can post guys up he's tall enough where he can post guys up he can hit three pointers he's strong enough that he can drive the lane he can he can pass away he's incredible passing he's the smartest basketball player that i've ever seen play the game and he's an incredible defender as well like your arguments for jordan are basically this one you watched him when you were a kid which is great, but like the, the the ham and eggers that he was playing against in the early nineties and late eighties, like give me a break. Everybody is a freaking stallion out there now in the NBA, and LeBron's still crushing them. The other one that I see is the argument that's made anytime you compare a modern NBA player to an older NBA player, which is like the game's softer now; it's not as tough. And it's like you think you know if Steph Curry, you think Steph Curry and LeBron James would be good against you know Charles Oakley or or all these tough guys who would knock him over and just you know elbow him in the face if they try to drive the lane like they're not tough enough like like i said lebron james is six foot nine <laughs> 260 270 pounds and is like just jacked to the to the gills at this point <laughs> charles oakley would get the shit kicked out of him by lebron james <laughs> if lebron james stooped to the level of charles oakley if, if you're gonna send uh, if your best defense again if your best argument against lebron james being the best player ever is that he wouldn't be able to handle goons then that's not a good <laughs> argument like lebron like lebron michael jordan has an incredible killer instinct but the way he played the game also i will say this uh it, it, the way he played the game he is an incredible scorer but he's like he's nirvana and and you a lot of people got the wrong idea from nirvana and that's how you wound up with like puddle of mud so no <laughs> or like puddle of mud seether and like all the like like bad like stained like like weird like grunge alternative like the point of of nirvana was different than what these guys are interpreting it as to bring it back to jordan jordan became the killer instinct iso ball hero ball I have to have the ball in my hands with the game on the line for the last three minutes. LeBron James could do that, but it's smarter. 
if if, LeBron, if you triple team LeBron James, it's like, well, the smarter thing to me to do is pass it to somebody who's <laughs> wide the hell open when Jordan would play hero ball and try to score. Jordan ruined it because then Kobe Bryant started doing it, and then a bunch of people who are not as good as Jordan and Kobe Bryant decided, I've got to be the hero. He fucked up basketball for two decades. <laughs> people decided they were going to do this all the time. And LeBron's like, no, it's way smarter to be like, Magic Johnson. <laughs> and if I get double teamed, I'm going to pass the ball to somebody who's open. That's a much better idea than for me to try to be like fucking Superman here. So LeBron James is a better all-around ball player. He's a better defender. He's taller, faster, stronger, a, a, a three-level scorer. Le Le Michael Jordan is the best offensive and best clutch basketball player of all time. Has an incredible work ethic and killer instinct. But if you can put LeBron James on any basketball team and build around it. You don't... You can put him in any lineup, any configuration, anything, and he would be the best player on that team, and you can do whatever you want with the lineup after that, and you can't do that with Jordan. It's over. The conversation is over. LeBron James is the best basketball player ever, full stop. Solid take. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not take. even going hot take. That's just a solid take. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it. It's over, man. Like, it's it's over. And I, I listen, I love... Basketball is the first sport that I watched on TV as a kid and loved it. And I watched Michael Jordan. It was granted near the end of his career, but I watched him just dominate teams for, for year after year after year as a kid. I get it. He is a mystique, and he he's synonymous with basketball right now. But LeBron James is the best basketball player that's ever played. It's over. Yeah, that's it. And I, I personally, I know I'm not the sports guy here, yeah. uh, but the argument of it's a completely different game, if anything, that's kind of what you were saying mm -hmm. that's in his favor yeah so yes it may be not as i don't see it as not nearly as physical no, it's i think physical. if anything it's still physical mm -hmm. and everyone is so much bigger it's they're huge because yeah you had super tall guys the sixers and, have four guys who are 610 in their yeah. starting lineups <laughs> but it's not like i'm 610 but i'm a skinny motherfucker who no. can't like do shit it's mm. i'm 610 and i'm jacked i'm a beast like Giannis Antetokounmpo is six eleven and like two hundred sixty pounds and can run like the wind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if incredible. anything, this league is more difficult, yeah. and he's still doing better. I'll, I'll throw in this uh, this free take as well. Shaquille O'Neal would be like the seventh best center in the NBA today. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, that, that's my that's my bonus take. <laughs> like, like, is, is Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, if you took prime Shaquille O'Neal, he'd obviously be the strongest guy. But he, he the, the way the game the way the game is played today specifically Shaq would be like the seventh best center in basketball at the, at, at best but that, that does that does not mean that he is not you know one of the best basketball players of all time it's just that's an example of the game yeah. changing well it's it's like always going to be a matter of when you played the game yep like you are always only going to be like I think it's also it is kind of silly to be like to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James mm -hmm. as an apples to apples comparison because the game is different yeah like you you have to like compared to what where mm -hmm. they are. But also, I think you're right in that the game is the level of athleticism required to be mm -hmm. a professional basketball player is higher than it was. It is. And when it, Jordan played. And even from when LeBron came into the league, because he came into the league like 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. And, and he's been, you know, he's been in the league like 16 years at this point. Uh, more than that now. I think he's like his 18th season, so probably earlier than that. But like the game has changed substantially since then, and it's all centered around you know, you know layups and three pointers, dunks and three pointers. And LeBron is still the best basketball <laughs> player in the league. It's like him or like Kawhi Leonard, and, and he's still the best player in, in spite of that at age 36. So anyway, that's my take. 
If you want to see more of my <laughs> takes on Twitter, sports or otherwise, I'm at MKaznel. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. Sean, where can people find you? At Hey, it's S-O-B. How about you, Rich? At B underscore Walnuts. And Tim. At Tim R. Hansen. So good to have you here, man. Like, your so room is so good. Nice. The podcast is available on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast or on Facebook at Brose Podcast. And if you have a question for the show, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Uh, listen to our podcast everywhere fine podcasts are bought and sold. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, among others. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, for Shannon Vogel for designing our famous logo, which uh, her work is available on Etsy.com and at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert. Uh, you can find his music at the Free Music Archive. What's going on with your other show, Rich? Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, co-host uh, PodQuests, a weekly nerd roundtable. Probably going to be talking about the news and maybe God of War because I started playing that last week. Atta boy, atta boy, Good excellent. It's, 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 I, I have not played. I've been meaning to play God of War for a uh, long time. If you want to pretend to be an angry dad, that's the game. To angry play. Dad Simulator. That way, <laughs> it's got a good story. That's it does. It. Yeah, yeah. Until I until I reboot uh, uh, Keystone Coast to Coast, uh, I'm I'm pretty much scot free. It's all brose for me right now. So here we go. Guys. Nice. Brose all the time. All the time. <laughs> Say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Bye. Thank you, bye. Deuces. Four. Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, Tim Hansen, and the entire Action Moose team. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you to be smart about being stupid. Dudicle. Woo!